Morning everyone. Welcome to Wellsprings Community Church. Uh, it's great to have you with us this morning. Uh, welcome if you're a regular at Wellsprings, if you uh, were coming along every week even before um, the coronavirus started, so you've been physically in person uh, to church with us. Uh, welcome too to those of you who I know are joining us from all over the place um, online each Sunday so that you can join in with the service uh, or watching it sometime through the week uh, later on as well. Uh, it's really great that you can be with us. My name's Tiff, I'm part of the leadership team at Wellsprings. Uh, I lead through on these Sunday mornings uh, with various other people inputting different things uh, and then I'll do a little thought later on as well. If there's ever, anything ever that you want to ask about anything that you see on here or you hear on here, uh, then please do. Please put a comment in whatever um, way you're watching, whether it's a Facebook group or YouTube or uh, it's a podcast or however it is that you're listening to this or seeing this. Uh, put some comments on there. We'll be able to see them uh, and we will reply. We'll respond to them. We'll be able to answer questions. We'll be able to explain about the various things that are happening, whatever it is. Please do get in touch with us. Please do help us to know who you are, where you are, uh, and then any things that we can help you with. That would be really, really great. So when we meet together like this on a Sunday morning, when we're together physically, uh, or whether we're together uh, electronically like this, uh, then we're looking for the same things to be happening. We're looking for God to be speaking to us and to be revealing more of his love to us and moving us on in our journey of faith with him. Our phrase that we like to use at Wellsprings is welcome home. And that's the kind of thing that we want people to experience and to feel, that they feel at home when they're with us, that they feel like it's the place where they're meant to be. It's a place where they can be themselves and it's a place where God can then be speaking and moving in their lives as well to enable them to go out uh, to the various different places that normally maybe they'd be able to go to that they can't at the moment, uh, but to be able to go uh, and to serve God by serving other people, by loving other people, and then by telling other people when they ask us why we do the things that we do and the difference that Jesus makes in our life. So that's what these Sunday mornings are about. They're about us being together. Although we're separate, we can still, even in this coronavirus time, be together because we're one body. We've got Jesus as the head and we're joined together in him. As we go through the service today, hopefully that'll become more and more apparent with the different people who are involved in helping in different ways. Uh, Linda Marshall is going to be uh, leading us in a song to start off the service in a few minutes. Uh, we've got an interview then that Simon Marshall uh, has been able to do uh, with Chris and Fiona Lloyd. Chris and Fiona are our mission partners uh, over in France. I'll explain more about mission partners and things in a minute. Uh, but it's really great that Simon's been able to do this online interview with them and edit it together for us. And so we can see that a little bit later as well. Uh, Laura Glass is going to be doing our prayers. Uh, Helen Ramsey, I've given it away now already. Uh, Helen Ramsey uh, is going to be doing our Bible reading for us. Uh, Helen and her family used to be at Wellsprings a few years ago and then emigrated to Canada. Uh, and so we've been in touch with her uh, and she's done our Bible reading for this morning. I'll explain more about that uh, when we get to it as well. I'll do a short thought uh, and then Lyndon is going to uh, lead us in a song towards the end of the service. And then it's uh, Becky Lambert uh, this week who's going to do communion with us, who's going to lead that uh, right at the end of the service just before the final prayers. So there's lots of people involved in lots of ways. That's how we like it to be uh, at Wellsprings. And so I'd just encourage you, wherever you are, whatever day it is, 
however far after uh, this has gone out and been recorded and, and we've done the live bits of this, uh, whenever you're watching, please do look to be involved. Have your ears open to what God might be saying to you. But also, uh, if there's something you want to share with everyone as a highlight, some way that it's obvious that God has been at work in your life or in the life of people around you or in a situation that you're involved with, uh, then let us know. Write it on there. Uh, contact us. Tell us in some way. Uh, there's lots of details of how you can do that in different places. Uh, get in touch with us uh, and let us know those highlights, those way ways that God is at work that you've seen and you've experienced. Uh, if you're one of those people who would really like prayer about something at the moment, maybe for you, for someone you know, someone in your family, a friend, a neighbour, uh, maybe it's just about the situation that you're in or the situations that you know about or just the world, how it is at the moment. Whatever it is, if you've got something you'd like people to pray about, then put those on there as well. And we can do that. We have uh, people who are willing to pray about those things, whether we do that uh, as we uh, are recording and as we're, as we're doing this, or, or whether we just do that privately. Um, then people are here to pray and people are here to uh, be able to support each other, <coughs> excuse me, in that kind of way. So please do be making yourself uh, telling us what it is that you want to share, whether it's a highlight or a prayer request. Uh, as I've said, lots of people volunteer to help in different ways in the service. Uh, and it would be really great if you're someone who could say, well, yeah, I could do the prayers one week. I could do a Bible reading one week. Uh, I could lead communion one week. I could lead some songs uh, for everybody to join in with, to worship and to praise. I've got a little testimony just for a minute or two that I can share of what God's done in my life or is doing in the lives of people around me. Uh, then get in touch with me about that as well. And I can explain to you how you go about recording that so that we can include it as part of our Sunday morning service. So if that's something that maybe God's speaking to you about and saying, yeah, you could do that, then get in touch with me uh, and we'll be able to uh, work out. I'll let you know the Bible reading or we can work out quite how practically you go about doing the recording and getting it to me so that we can include it in the service. Uh, I mentioned earlier that we've got an interview today uh, with Chris and Fiona Lloyd from France Mission. Uh, France Mission have been partners at Wellsprings uh, for years and years now. Being a mission partner of ours means that we uh, support the people of the organisation wherever in the world they are. It could be a local one in Taunton, it could be one wider afield uh, within this country, uh, or it could be more international. Uh, uh, this week we're hearing from Chris and Fiona uh, there in Ore in France. Uh, mission partners, that's what I was going to say, uh, means that we support them by praying for them. We support them by finding out about what's going on and just encouraging them and helping them. Whenever they come back to this country uh, for a holiday or for a break or just a tour around the area, uh, then we get them to come to us and they can tell us about what's going on, give us ideas of things to pray for. Uh, and the other way that we help them as well as prayer and, and, and just that general support to them uh, is also that we provide financially towards their support as well. And so that's one of the organisations, France Mission, and particularly the Lloyds, that we as a church have decided we want to support. Um, so it's really great that we can hear from them this morning, that we can have this interview with them and find out a little bit more about what's going on for them at this particular time with lockdown going on in France, just as it is over here as well. 
one that we often don't like talking about, particularly at Wellsprings, is, is that money side of things. Uh, just to let you know that um, obviously at the moment it's a difficult time for lots and lots of people. People have been laid off work, maybe they've been furloughed, uh, maybe there's uh, self-employed people who are not having an income coming in at the moment. And that obviously has an effect on the church as well. Uh, and so it would be great if you're someone who normally when they're there on a Sunday morning would put money into the bag that we pass around. Lots of people give electronically, lots of people give automatically in a sense, uh, but there are lots of other people who put money in the, uh, the bag each week. Uh, and just at the moment, all our bills and all those sorts of things, we're still having to pay in exactly the same way. But our income obviously has gone down because we're not getting in some of the money from those people who would normally give uh, into the bag each week. So it's just a one-off quick mention of that so that people are aware that obviously financially things are difficult at the moment for everybody, for lots of people. But it's true for us as a church as well. It would be really great maybe if you could find some way of contacting Andrew Glass or contacting me and I can put you on to him. And he can work out a way of you being able to give electronically uh, if you're people who would normally be putting money into the bag. Because uh, it would be really, really helpful for us as we go on in these next months. Uh, and, and longer than that obviously we spent lots of money do, building the extension and getting all that ready for reopening which we haven't yet been able to do uh, and so financially things are a little bit difficult at the moment so if that's you then maybe have a word or get in touch with me or with Andrew Glass uh, and we'll be able to help you to work out a way that if you felt like you should be still supporting financially in some way uh, that you would be able to do that what mention that again so uh, I've probably waffled for long enough, I've talked for a long time this morning. Uh, it's really great that you're with us this morning. For those who have just joined us and I can see people arriving all the time, welcome to Wellsprings Community Church. It's great that you're able to be with us this morning. We're going to have our morning service now uh, with lots of people involved in lots of different ways. Uh, and it should be a really exciting time as God speaks and reveals more of himself to us and his love for us. So let me pray uh, and then we'll continue through with the rest of what's happening this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can gather together, even though we may not physically be together, but that we can be together in spirit, we can be together in mind, we can be together with you as our head, as your body here on earth. And so, Lord Jesus, we ask that this morning you would come and you would speak to us, you would reveal more of yourself to us, we would experience more of your love for us, you would move us on in our journey of faith with you. Lord Jesus, come now, inhabit the praises of your people, and be speaking, be at work in our lives, so that through the whole of the week we are aware of your presence and we take you into every situation we find ourselves. So we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, Linda is going to lead us in our first song now. Uh, it's a song uh, called Beautiful Saviour. Uh, it's one that we sing fairly regularly at Wellspring, so hopefully you would all know that one. The words should appear at the bottom of the screen, so please do join in with Linda leading us in that. And then we'll go straight into the interview uh, with Chris and Fiona Lloyd over in France uh, that Simon Marshall has done for us. So we'll continue through with the service, Linda leading us in that song of worship, Beautiful Saviour. I will sing this song of gladness, give my praise to the fountain of delights, for in my helplessness you heard my cry, 
and wait up merciful down on my life. I will trust in the cross of my Redeemer. I will sing of the blood that never fails. Of sins forgiven, of conscience cleansed, of death defeated, and life with a end. Beautiful Saviour, wonderful Counselor, clothed in majesty, Lord of history, you're the way, the truth, the life, star of the morning. Glorious in holiness, you're the risen one, heaven's champion, and you reign, you reign over all. I long to be where the praise is never ending, yearn to dwell where the glory never fades, where countless worshippers will share one song and cries of worthy will honour the Lamb. Beautiful Saviour, wonderful Counselor, clothed in majesty, Lord of history, you're the way, the truth, the life, star of the morning. Glorious in holiness, you're the risen one, what heaven's champion, and you reign, you reign over all. Yes, Lord, you reign over all. Even in this COVID-19, Lord, you reign over all. And your glory shines. Lord, let your glory shine us in our heart. Lord, you're just so amazing. You're such a beautiful saviour. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Uh, for those of us who are new to Wellsprings um, or just have really bad memories, uh, could you remind us uh, what you do and where you are? Yep, sure. So I'm Chris. And uh, we're leading a church planting project uh, in the town of Ore in southern Brittany. Um, it's a town of about uh, 14,000 inhabitants, was an agglomeration of about 25,000, and it's never had a, a Protestant church in, in all its history. Okay. Uh, uh, what about your family? Do you have children? Tell us a little bit about your family. Yes, we have four children. Philip is married to Jennifer and they have a little daughter, Emma, who's three. And the second one expected in about a week's time. Lovely. 
And then we have twin girls. Anna lives in Angers, about two and a half hours away. Sophie lives in Grenoble, so she's quite a long way from us, about nine hours away. And Joseph, our youngest, is studying computer science, and he lives in Brest, in Brittany, about, about two hours away from us. So that's exciting with a new grandchild on the way, just a little bit um, annoying that it should be happening at this time, is it? <laughs> yes, we've just got to be patient. So we're, yes, we're just trying to be very patient. Yes. So that's one way that the lockdown has or will be affecting you. Um, what about your actual ministry, working in a church plant in a town like that? Um, how has the lockdown uh, and the pandemic affected you? Yeah, it's, it's mostly um, in terms of activities that involve meeting people. Um, so there's a normal uh, uh, yeah, range of activities that we're involved in and just can't take place. Um, so, for example, uh, Fiona uh, does visitation uh, in uh, hospitals and one of the local retirement homes and uh, she can't go. Mm -hmm. And does it so you do the phone calls? Yeah, a bit of phoning the, the elderly. Yeah. 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 Um, we do a language cafe once a month uh, where all the cafes are closed, so uh, I can't, uh, can't do that. Um, I'm involved with a with sports club, um, so the trainer at a sports club and uh, anything in an enclosed space, a sports gymnast, we, you, can't, uh, you can't do, so that's, uh, that, that's closed down. Um, no social activities, can't invite people to our home, we can't sort of go and visit people. Uh, yeah, no church meetings, obviously. Uh, the, the restrictions in terms of actual physical contact with people. And then, although it's going to change on Monday, we've not been able to go further than uh, a radius of one kilometre from, uh, from our home. So uh, that restricts uh, movement somewhat. Yep. <laughs> They're letting you loose on Monday, are they? That's right. That impacts just the routine of the day, sort of how to how, how to sort of structure the day. It's, uh, yeah. it's different as well. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So apart from looking forward to Monday, do you have any good things that have happened during this time? Yes. Yes. We we've got a WhatsApp group for our small church planting project group and uh, that's been very positive because of the conversations we have everybody hears everything yeah. so in fact we've been able to get to know each other a bit more quickly and uh, that has that has been a, a positive positive thing we're in the process of uh, two projects uh, joining together fusioning together um, and we were just in the and this is halfway in the process of doing that when this confinement started but in fact uh, having this whatsapp group has accelerated the process and people being able to get to know one another one another more and, uh, and, and more closely so it's been very positive in that respect yeah. and it's also given us a bit of a boost to regularly pray by name for all the members of our group so that's also been a, a really good good thing for us as a couple so. yeah um, just in terms of France in general, what's the what's spiritual life there at the moment? Yeah, I think sort of one major element perhaps that um, is different is that 
Um, it was an evangelical church, a, a big meeting in uh, Mulhouse in the northeast of France, which was, that was the starting place for the dissemination of the virus. A national survey done by the Evangelical Alliance said that up to a third of evangelical churches are quite frightened about sort of, of the backlash that they'll be after uh, mm. uh, sort of the, the confinement ends. Mm. Whether that sort of fear is actually justified or not is another matter, but it's certainly something that's, that's felt. Um, I think spiritually, um, the positive kind of side of things that are, are people are faced with uh, life questions that um, they've not wanted to face and um, there's a potential there for yeah for, for discussions um, after the after the deconfinement yeah. so is there one particular thing you would like us to pray for um i guess the most important thing is with the local project um, we are um, in the process of uh, moving to another another church um, in another part of France and we're handing over the project to one of our colleagues uh, Nicola um, very competent chap uh, his wife as well and ideally suited to leading on the project and um, a particular prayer request would be that uh, yeah he would take up the reins of the, of the project and um, the others in the, would, uh, would would follow him and uh, yeah they would uh, they would put together uh, a, a really good uh, a really good team and uh, project for the, for the near future and also for the years to come. Okay, that's um, that's lovely. Thank you very much indeed. It's good of you to to give up some of your time for this. Very much appreciate it. That's fine. Good. So um, we'll say um, goodbye from the church for the moment. Thank you, Karen. Thank you uh, for your continuing support and prayers as well. We very much appreciate that. Uh, now Laura is going to lead us uh, in some prayers. Uh, and straight after uh, Laura has done the prayers, we're going to have our Bible reading for today. Uh, we've been having a tradition over the past few weeks of people who used to be members at Wellsprings, uh, who've moved away and moved to other places, uh, getting them to do the Bible reading for us. I don't know how many more weeks we'll be able to do that for, but certainly for this week we've been able to. Uh, we're going a long way this week as well. We're going all the way to Canada for our Bible reading. Uh, Helen Ramsey is going to be doing it for us. Those of you who remember the Ramseys, they were around a few years ago, the whole of their family. Uh, they emigrated to Canada uh, and are living and working and going to church and stuff out there. So this morning's reading uh, from Mark chapter 1 uh, is going to be brought to us by Helen Ramsey all the way from Canada. Hello. <laughs> I wanted to read Psalm 118 before I started. Um, verses 5 to 9. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord, and he brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me, he is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Uh, I thought it was quite relevant um, for now. And just to remind us all to keep trusting in the Lord. 
trusting him it's so easy to um, put our faith in governments in people in power and to remember that they're human and they're going to make mistakes and that cannot be where our confidence comes from we have to trust in him and I'm saying this to myself as well so just uh, start praying Ian sat there which is <laughs> I keep looking there um, dear father God thank you that even though we fail you in so many ways that your grace and your mercy is so abounding that that you can actually bring us into a right place with you again we don't have to be perfect because of your great love and i know that you reminded us of that in tiff's sermon last week And I know a lot of us need to hear that right now because the best parts of ourselves aren't coming out necessarily in, in lockdown. We can succumb to fear and we can succumb to the pressures and anxieties that are overwhelming us right now. And I thank you that we can always run back to you and ask for your forgiveness and that you can set us firm upon a rock you are our rock, Father. I want to thank you for the people in the world that are trying their best to help us get through this. Whether they be the NHS or the stacker of supermarket shelves, for all the teachers, for the person who cleans the hospital wards. Father God, they're all important and they all are doing the best they can and I pray that you would bless them and help them to get through each day. I pray for the mother and the father, the siblings that are struggling with homeschooling, the children that don't know what on earth's going on, the parents that are pulling their hair out thinking I can't do this. I pray that you would just surround them with your great love and give them strength and patience father god and bless them i pray that families would draw closer i know that there are situations where there are abusive families and for those children for those individuals we pray so much protection over them we pray that their cries would not go unheard we pray for a way out for them and that they would be surrounded by a sense of your overwhelming love. For all of our friends and family, Lord, in Wellsprings and further abroad and in other churches, Lord, that are watching now or non-church members that are watching now, we just pray that you would comfort them surround them with your great love that you would spread out your comforting wings and hold them close father for 
all the things that have gone amazing and the great news that we're hearing, the positives, I want to thank you and praise you. And we give you all honour and glory and praise for that, Lord. We can't get through a single day and no good thing happens without you. And we praise you and thank you for that. For all people struggling in our church, Lord, I pray that you would just be with them and strengthen them, Father God. And not just in our church, Father God. I just pray that you would give the whole country strength, Lord, and to keep our eyes fixed upon you. I pray for the refugees in other countries that are particularly susceptible, Lord, to the virus spreading quickly and the indigenous tribes in the rainforests, Father God. And I pray that we will not forget about the rest of the world, Lord, and the other problems going on when we're stuck in the mindset of this virus that we won't lose sight that other things are going on and we need to keep praying about them i lift up those <sighs> refugees lord all over the world that i just pray that you would help to stop the spread in these refugee camps i pray that countries would stand together to send the right aid to them I pray for your protection over the indigenous tribes, particularly in the Amazon. I pray a stop towards the advantage that is being taken whilst the tribes are trying to be in lockdown and the evil plans towards them, Father God, that would threaten to wipe out their entire race. And Lord, I pray for victory. I pray for justice. I pray that your glory and your peace and your strength will shine through you are the victor lord help us remember that and i just want to pray a blessing upon everyone praying now just bless them and keep them lord give them your peace in jesus name amen mark chapter one Verses 29 to 45. Jesus heals many. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. 
Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourselves to the, to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. I usually try and include, uh, as part of the thoughts that I do each week, uh, something that's been happening during the week, something that I've experienced, something that I've been through, something that's gone on. Uh, and not surprisingly at the moment, a lot of that centres around coronavirus, uh, and particularly uh, being the local coordinator for the coronavirus community support group here in Taunton. Um, I look after the Wellsprings area. I get phone calls every day from people who are needing prescriptions collecting or who need uh, jobs doing or things from the post office or just want to chat on the phone uh, or who need some shopping doing. This week I got a call uh, from a couple who were needing their shopping doing. Uh, we've done it for them before uh, and it was uh, a shopping list that they gave me then for the things that they needed. It was probably a couple of weeks worth of shopping, so it was quite a big list. Someone would need to go to the supermarket uh, and do the shopping for them and then take it and deliver it to their house. Uh, so they sent me through this list. Uh, it was a list that was very precise. Uh, they knew exactly what they wanted. They knew exactly what they expected. They'd made their mind up. They had these preconceptions of what they normally have and so what they needed to have. Uh, and so on this list, it was really, really precise. It told me not just what the item was. It told me what the make was. It told me what the color of the packaging was. It told me how much it would cost. They were really, really keen that the only acceptable choice for them was that one particular thing that they wanted. That was okay. Um, the other thing that they insisted on uh, was that I was the only person who had their phone number, which again is completely fair enough. They, they wouldn't want people ringing them up. They wouldn't want strangers who they didn't know having their phone number. And so they said if it was okay, I would be the person who would have their phone number. I could contact them, uh, but not to give it to anybody else. That was fine until about half an hour after someone had been and collected their shopping list from me, taken it to the supermarket where they were going. Uh, that person then rang me to say one of the items on the shopping list the supermarket didn't have. They'd asked and the people had gone into the back to double check, uh, but they didn't have that particular item. They had something else that was very similar, uh, but they didn't have that particular one. So should they get an alternative? Or should they just uh, leave it and not get anything? So I hung up the phone from the person at the supermarket uh, and I rang the couple because I'd got their number to say someone's shopping, they haven't got this particular item, they can get you an alternative, something that's very similar but not quite the same, uh, or should they just leave it? Uh, and I think with that first one they decided just to leave it and so I was hung up the phone with them and then rang back to the person in the supermarket who was stood with their phone waiting to hear uh, and told them what the answer was. Probably two minutes later, the person from the supermarket rang me again and said, we've got to another item and they haven't got that one either. What should we do? So I hung up with them, rang through to the couple and said they haven't got that item either. And so this happened 
over the space of about half an hour while the shopping was going on this happened six or seven times that I had to uh, receive a call uh, and then ring someone else and then get the message the couple knew exactly what they wanted they made their mind up already uh, they knew what was expected they they had one acceptable choice and that was all their they showed their their list showed that they had these preconceptions of what it was that they wanted and what it was that they were going to get. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. Over the last couple of weeks in our Bible readings, Jesus has begun his ministry. Jesus has begun to change people's lives. He's begun to speak to people and he's begun to heal people especially. At the end of last week's reading, uh, we saw how Jesus drove out an impure spirit from someone. And for that person that he did that for, he brought them wholeness. He brought them completeness in their body and in their life. He brought something, uh, in Hebrew there's a word for it, it's called shalom. It means wholeness and completeness and how things are meant to be. And that's what he brought to that person who'd had that impure spirit but now he'd healed, he'd brought shalom, he'd brought wholeness to them. At the start of this week's reading, uh, we had uh, Jesus going to Peter's house and Peter's mother-in-law was there and she was sick. And what did Jesus do? He healed her. He brought wholeness, he brought shalom to that woman. Not surprisingly, people were starting to hear about what Jesus was doing. And so later on in the story from today, we see that uh, all the sick and all the demon-possessed people from the area all come to see Jesus and say, please, can you heal us? Please, can you help us? Please, can you bring shalom? Can you bring wholeness and completeness to us and to our lives? And so that's what Jesus did. Then at the end of this week's reading, uh, there's a little bit about a leper a man with leprosy who comes to Jesus uh, and Jesus again heals that man. He brings about wholeness for the man. He brings shalom to the man. In the middle, it's not surprising that we have this little section where Simon and the other early disciples, his companions is how it said it, they come, they, they're looking for Jesus and they manage to find him and they say, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. And it really isn't a surprise that everyone was looking for Jesus because look at the difference he was making to people's lives. Look at the shalom, the wholeness and completeness that he was bringing. It's not surprising everyone was coming to him. My question when I read it through though was how is it that Jesus is able to give out so much? How is it that he's able to do all of these things seemingly at a moment's notice? In the middle of all these events, in the middle of all these healings, of all these times where shalom is becoming real and is becoming, there's been wholeness made for people. In the middle of all of that, there's, there's a little verse, a little phrase of something uh, that Jesus is doing. Uh, I'll read it for you. It's here, it's in Mark chapter 1 and it's verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus was about bringing shalom. He was about bringing wholeness and completeness and putting things back to how they're meant to be. 
That's about relationships above anything else. It's about relationships with other people. It's about relationship with the world, with the earth itself. Uh, and it's also about, obviously, relationship with God. Jesus came to show how to do that. He came to show how to reveal that and how important it was and, and how you begin to do it. He showed about how he was in relationship with people around him, how he would teach them, how he would heal them and bring that physical shalom, that wholeness, that spiritual wholeness, that uh, mental and emotional wholeness to them. It was about showing relationship, shalom with others. Uh, but it was also about showing relationship, showing shalom with the world itself. Think about when Jesus calms the storm or think about when uh, he feeds the 5,000 with just five loaves of bread and two fish. There's something there about him putting the world back to how it's meant to be. The world being there to provide for us, the world being there in calm and in peace and in shalom, how it's meant to be. Not how it is quite often, not how it is certainly in the world today but how it's meant to be. And Jesus showed how we can begin to bring that about. Uh, and then the last one, obviously, is that relationship with God. And Jesus shows how even in the middle of everything that's going on, he needs that time to be alone, to be quiet, to pray, to restore and renew his relationship with God, to bring that wholeness and completeness of shalom between himself and God again. Prayer is not just, in fact, I would say it's not mainly asking for things. It's not, I've got the receipt somewhere here, it's not having the shopping list. It's not about the only acceptable choice. It's not about what we're expecting, what we're demanding from God. But it's about being in connection with God. It's about being in relationship with God. Uh, I think a lot of the time, especially at the moment in lockdown, uh, people, uh, particularly children, um, and maybe perhaps thinking even of my children, what do you hear? You hear things like, I want, I need, give me. It's about needing you to intervene, needing you to change things, needing you to provide for people and for things. But like during the week, prayer shopping lists often show that already our minds have been made up about things. Already we have expectations of what God will do for us. Already we have uh, preconceptions of how God is going to answer and what he's going to do. Already we have only one acceptable choice of what God's going to do and we're going to tell him what it is. And, and if he doesn't do it, then we're not going to believe in him anymore. We're not going to listen to him anymore. Why should we bother? Because he hasn't done that for us. Sometimes having lists for prayer Having a shopping list is okay. But when Jesus taught us to pray, he said to us, we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's about God's will being done. It's not about our preconceived ideas, our shopping list, our wants, and if we don't get them, we're going to give up on everything. It's more about relationship. It's more about changing our will to his will not changing his will to our will uh, i read 
uh, one of those Facebook meme things that comes up sometimes uh, this week. It just happened to pop up on my uh, feed this week. It said, uh, I'm reading it to make sure I get it right. If God gave you all you wanted today, would you bother to come back tomorrow? If God gave you all you wanted today, would you bother to come back tomorrow? Prayer isn't about our preconceived ideas, our shopping list. Philip Yancey said it like this. Again, I've written it down so I get it right. Uh, in one of his books, Philip Yancey says, Prayer is a way of keeping company with God. How much more, especially in lockdown, uh, is relationship with people and maybe relationship for me with my children rather than I want, rather than I need, rather than give me, how much more of it is about actually that relationship, that intimacy together where they say, I love you. And when they say it without being prompted, isn't that amazing? Is it more about a conversation that you can have together? Is it more about spending time together? Even not talking to each other, just being with each other. Not a list, not expectations, but relationship and time. Even in the middle of all of the stuff that's going on, Jesus still has himself to come to that point where he's not bringing a shopping list to God. In the middle of all this shalom, this wholeness and completeness and God breaking into people's lives that Jesus is enabling. It's, it's about needing time to be with God. It's about building relationship with God. It's about being in conversation, in communion with God. About being in quiet with God. It's about, even for Jesus, having his character and his actions moulded by God. It's about aligning himself with God's kingdom values rather than just sticking to his preconceived ideas, his preconceived requests. And if that's what Jesus had to do, how much more surely do we need to do that too? Maybe we have our preconceived shopping list maybe we bring it to god and say this is what i want god nothing wrong with shopping lists for prayer asking god to intervene and to make a difference in situations and in lives and in things for us but primarily that's not what it's about primarily it's about relationship primarily it's about intimacy and time together primarily it's about forming us to be who we're meant to be in relationship with god Primarily, it's about the kingdom of God and God's character being formed within us so that we can take and be that kingdom to so many people in so many places. When we come to God in prayer, do we turn away because he hasn't answered what we wanted? Because we know best. Or do we come with an attitude of relationship and of love and of wanting ourselves to be moulded by him, to be like him, to take his kingdom into the world? Oh, mm -hmm.
So I've been thinking a bit about what I could share with you as we break bread together this morning. Um, I, I obviously haven't heard yet what Tiff's going to talk about, um, that you will have just heard when, we, when you watch this. I think he's going to talk a bit to us about how we need to um, pause to pray within the busyness of the things that we're doing for God. Um, as we've been doing these services together, one of the things that I've appreciated most actually is taking communion together because when you're sat staring at a screen, it's hard to feel connected together. But I think as we take communion together, it does make me feel connected because it makes me aware that I'm doing the same thing as my church family at the same time and that somehow brings us together. I hope you feel that as well. It's Lots of people, it's, it's often said at the moment, isn't it? And lots of people are saying it, that we li we're living through very strange times. And some of us are struggling, some of us are enjoying it, but lots of us are, are experiencing it very differently. And this is one of the times where we can come together, we can pause, we can reconnect with God, and we can reconnect with each other. I was looking at the words of a song which we do often quite sing, beneath the cross of Jesus. Beneath the cross of Jesus, I find a place to stand and I wonder at such mercy that calls me as I am. For hands that should discard me hold wounds which tell me come. Beneath the cross of Jesus, my unworthy soul is one. No matter how you feel this morning, how unworthy you feel, I feel quite unworthy, where you are in your walk, with Jesus, you may be at the beginning, you may have walked with him for a long time, you may feel not at all worthy to be doing this or to be joining with us, but if you love the Lord and if you want to serve him, then you are very welcome to join with us as we do this thing together where we celebrate and we remember what Jesus has done for us. We're coming together beneath the cross because the cross is where where he paid for us, he bought us, he paid that ultimate sacrifice so that we could be his children. I really love the second verse of this, this song as well. Beneath the cross of Jesus, his family is my own. Once strangers chasing selfish dreams, now one through grace alone. How could I now dishonour the ones that you have loved? beneath the cross of Jesus, see the children called by God. We're coming together this morning from our own homes, from different places, from different situations. Some of us know each other well, some of us, some people we don't know so well, but we are his family. And because we're his family, we all can say his family is my own. And I want us to remember that as we share this communion together this morning, that we are one and we are joined by him. So I hope you've got some, some wine or some juice. Um, it's going to give us a few minutes just to pause and to remember why we're here. I'm going to read you some really well-known words from 1 Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which for you... So let's just, I'm just going to break this bread, and, but before we share it together, let's just pause and let's pray. 
Father, thank you that we come together as your family, that we are one in you. Thank you that wherever we are today, however we feel, however unworthy we feel, however much we're struggling, we can just come now beneath your cross. We can find a place to stand together and we can remember, remember you, remember that your body was broken, was torn for us because, so that we could be your children and we praise you for that. So take some of the bread you've got and let's eat it together, remembering that we are God's children stood beneath his cross together and let's celebrate what he's done for us. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So let's take, take your juice, take your wine, and let's just pray together before we drink it. Father, thank you that today, with thousands and thousands, millions of Christians all over the world, we are celebrating your death until you come again. We're remembering, we're saying thank you. And we thank you for your blood poured out for us on the cross, your blood which washes us clean, which washes away every stain, the stains that we don't even want to acknowledge ourselves, the stains, the sins in our lives that we think nobody knows about. You wash them all clean. And that means that we can stand together beneath your cross and say thank you. Thank you, Father, for this time this morning. Time to pause, time to reflect, time to remember you as your children, as your family together. And we praise you for that. Amen. So we've reached the end of our service this morning. Thank you to everyone who's been involved. It's been really great to have so many people involved in so many different ways and to hear from so many different voices and to see so many different people. It's been great. Thank you, everyone. If you want to volunteer to be involved next week or in the coming weeks, then just get in touch and let me know because that would be great if you could. Um, and please do stay in contact with us. Please do use the places for prayer requests and for highlights and for anything else that you want to, questions you want to ask, anything else you want to uh, share with me or with us or uh, want to know more about. It's been great having you with us this morning. I'm going to just say a blessing to finish uh, and then we'll be done for today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his smiling face towards you and give you his peace, his shalom, his wholeness and completeness. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so do get in touch. We'll maybe see you during the week, maybe see some of you in a few minutes on something else that we're going to do. 
Um, but otherwise, we'll see you next Sunday at half past ten for our next morning service. Grace and peace, everybody.